Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm. Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. It's Monday. Yes, it is. Another Monday in July. Next psalm coming up. Yes, I'm on Psalm 46. This is an exciting psalm. Yeah. And we, we had a little break in what was going on in the Psalms with that wedding song last week. That was exciting in its own way. Well, it was unique. It was distinct, different. I'm not quite sure how it got its place right in here. There's probably some real deep study that I need to do to figure that out. But when we come to Psalm 46, it's almost certain in my mind that we're seeing a completion or a response to what we were looking at in Psalms 42 through 44. So I'm, I'm super excited about us being able to see that yeah, finally uh, take place. Thematically close the loop here. What 46. You... I'm reading from the English Standard Version. All right. To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. What an encouraging refrain that the Lord of hosts is with us. A mighty fortress is our God. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is where that song comes from. Okay. This uh, Martin Luther based his song off of this. Mm-hmm. It was apparently one that he would often turn to some of his other supporters and compatriots during the time of the Reformation when things were going pretty bad. Uh-huh. Would bring that song up and they would that would be their prayer and that would be their song at that time. A mighty fortress is our God. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Mm, God is our refuge and God is our strength. A very present help in times of trouble. When the story begin, when the story, when the psalm begins, yeah. Uh, Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There, there is faith there as we see this statement. We're not going to fear, but at the same time, boy, it sure seems like things aren't going great. Yeah, I mean, this picture of utter destruction and utter destruction by water. As I was reading this, it occurred to me that there's an echo here of a time when there really was a judgment by God upon the world and this in water, mm. particularly in the description that even the mountains be swallowed up in the war uh, roar of this water, right? You have some of the same imagery in Genesis chapter 7 with a global flood. In Genesis chapter 7 and verse 17, the flood was on the earth 40 days. The waters increased, lifted up above the ark. It rose high, lifted up the ark. It rose high above the earth. 
The waters prevailed, greatly increased on the earth. The ark moved about the surface of the waters. The waters prevailed exceedingly on the earth. All the high hills under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed 15 cubits upward. The mountains were covered. Here's this roaring water engulfing all the land, covering it all up. But now get this. Though this water is destroying everything, in fact, you go to verse 23 of Genesis 7, they were destroyed from the earth, all people, all men. It says only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. That there was actually a refuge amidst this great destruction of water that covers everything else. And God was that refuge. God was the one who warned him ahead of time. God was the one who gave him the plans for the ark. And God was with him to save those who were in the ark. So the ark wasn't the refuge. It was God through this means of the ark. So claiming that God is our refuge doesn't necessarily mean just, okay, I'm going to sit down here and do nothing. No, it does not. We're still going to be faithfully following God and serving God, and certainly we see that with God's people. Whatever it is he tells me to do, I'm going to go do that. That's what it means to let God be my refuge. Mm-hmm. I think I think about uh, the story that preachers tell at times about the flood that was coming upon the certain area and the there was particular warnings fam- to the people, wasn't there? Yeah. That they should get out of their houses because the, the area is going to flood. And a particular family has prayed to the Lord and God has said, I'm going to take care of you. And so when the evacuation van comes by, they say, no, 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 we're taking refuge in God. And the waters start to rise. And so they get up on their second floor and a boat comes by and uh, no, no, God's going to take care of us. God's going to take care of us. They finally climb out on the roof, and another another boat comes by to evacuate. No, 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 God's going to take care of us. And finally, it's just almost up at the ridge. A helicopter comes swinging a ladder. Grab hold, grab hold. No, no, God has said he's going to take care of us. And, of course, they drowned. Mm-hmm. And they stand before God, and he's, what are you doing here? What mm-hmm. are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you said you were going to take care of us, and you didn't. Well, I sent you a van, two boats, and a helicopter. What more did you need? Uh-huh. I know people have heard that story, but it's a good reminder that when we're talking about taking refuge in God, we don't mean sitting down twiddling our thumbs until the Lord just reaches his hand down and grabs us and pulls us out of the situation. We mean being in his word, listening to what he says, following his 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 warnings, listening to his commands, pursuing his instructions, and just trusting that, even if the world is falling down around us. Oh, I would say especially when the world is falling down around us. I think about 2 Peter uh, chapter 2 and the point being made that the Lord knows how to save his righteous, Mm. uh, even from among the wrath and even from wrath of judgment. And Noah is a case study there, the deliverance of Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah. When just a few are saved, it's because the Lord is the refuge. And I see that same type of, um, you know, destruction and destructive language here in the first part of this psalm. But the answer is, even when water's covering the mountains, there is salvation in the Lord. This calls to mind another time of judgment that also involves waters collapsing down on land, though it it actually began with waters dividing and, and opening up a path. Here's a very interesting thing. In verse 5 of our psalm, God will help her when morning dawns. When morning dawns. When morning dawns. This is actually the same phrase that's used in Exodus 15, 27, excuse me, 14, 27. 
So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, and not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Once again, God knows how to care for his people. God knows how to deliver his people, even when it seems that the world is caving in. And as we consider this metaphor, that's exactly where Israel was when they were on the other side mm-hmm. of the Red Sea, mm-hmm. when when they were hemmed in with wilderness on one side, Pharaoh's army in the other direction, and on their third side, kind of like a triangle, hemming them in is the Red Sea, yeah. and they thought the world has collapsed, everything is gone, God is not taking yeah. care of us, what are we going to do? And God parts the waters, yeah, allows them to walk through, and when they get to the other side, Egypt thinks they can do the same thing, and as morning dawns, God allowses the, uh, allowses, God allows the sea to come collapsing down on that land, on that army, destroying the chariots, destroying the soldiers, delivering his people. Take refuge in the Lord. Do what he says. I'm not sure if you've ever thought about this. I've actually thought about what must have been like to be an Israelite walking between those walls of water. Well, I have thought about it a time or two. I mean, it it really is a as a pretty amazing thought. I I almost wonder if walking through there. I mean, again, my imagination. But is it kind of like noticing the wall of an aquarium and here's fish kind of swimming like right here? <laughs> you know, those really cool aquariums where you go just reach out and, and grab one, and it's like a three story aquarium, and you're down at the bottom and <laughs> walking around looking through the glass. Was it like that? Yeah. The thing I think about is how how long there's nothing holding that up. At least at the aquarium, there's this big thick glass that I'm kind of putting some faith in right now that's just a wall of water right there well i wonder if it was a bit windy but you know probably in all reality i would have just tried to cross that distance as quickly as i could i probably wouldn't a lot spend a lot of time looking well <laughs> looking at for fish probably not <laughs> enjoying the the fish and the this is amazing the yeah wow look at that particular one now junior i want to i want you to notice the fin structure here probably not a whole lot of that probably not a whole lot of that but again for me it's just that Okay, I'm putting some real faith in God. This water has has it's, it's walled up. Mm-hmm. Will it stay there? Mm-hmm. And of course, Egypt. Well, if Israel can do it, we can. And that's when God said, "Nope, going to bring yeah, it down." That's, that's right. The aquarium is closed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't. When thinking about cataclysm and the world coming to an end, that's actually kind of a common thing for us today to think about because they do a movie about that every other year. You remember 2012? I do remember 2012. That the world was supposed to end that year. Yeah, the Mayans had a calendar, yeah, and that they, was going to be the end of the they world. Stop writing it. So as 2012 approached, we had all kinds. I, I had only heard of one movie, but I wanted to make sure I had the year right, and so I typed it into IMDb. There's actually like five or six movies named 2012 something that other people one oh, one I of didn't them realize was, that one of them was famous, but it was apparently a really big deal. Oh, yeah. the world's coming to an end. We've yeah. got to be prepared. But there, there were a lot of those cataclysm movies, oh, though. Yeah. I mean, and they day, still have. Day After Tomorrow, Armageddon, Independence yeah, Day. Yeah. We still it, was, have it was a big movies. thing, yeah. So, so we have pictures of that pretty regularly, actually, in our modern day. Of well, course, with, with special effects, it's just jaw-dropping, right? To absolutely. See, to see waves cro- crashing over mountains and big cities being destroyed by tidal waves. Absolutely. And it's just like, oh! <gasps> 
and it's scary. <laughs> and of course, in those movies, everybody's running around like Chicken Little. The sky is falling. We've got to find some way to be saved. Mm-hmm. Here we've got Israel. They've never seen a movie like that. But what they are envisioning is the reversal mm. of the very first story in the Bible. The, the story in the Bible that talks about God creating things, about God bringing chaos into order, about God separating the waters and bringing the dry land forth and mm-hmm. raising up the mountains and clefting the valleys. And, yeah. and what, they're, what they are envisioning here is the reversal of all that. The world yeah. is coming to an end. Here at the beginning of Psalm 46, you see the reversal of creation, yeah. the uncreation. But of course, that's not what they are experiencing. This is a metaphor. This yeah, is a metaphor is. for them. And it's a metaphor about whatever was going on in their world at that time. I think it was probably a military thing. Hmm. I I imagine there was some uh, enemy that had been coming against them that was defeating them, you know, like in Psalms 42 through 44. But what I want to see, because we're almost out of time here, what I want to see is I may not have the military battle. I may not have the... Uh, the cataclysmic world-ending 2012 movie going on in my life. But sometimes I do feel like my world is coming to an end. Sure. And that's where I want us to to get to as we consider this psalm here. Sometimes it does feel like the world is coming to an end. Whether it's because loved ones are sick and dying, Mm -hmm. whether it's because of jobs that have been lost, whether it's because of financial cataclysm in our personal lives, whether it's relational, even spiritual, where do we learn from this psalm to turn? Even the stress of watching news reports and, you know, it feels like a society's unraveling around you. We need to turn to the Lord. We need to trust that the Lord is our refuge. We need to appreciate the Lord of hosts is with us. And I I believe that as a Christian. I believe that as his covenant people today and his church, that we're his body. And the Lord has promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What can man do to me? This is our God. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Andrew, why don't you wrap us up by praying to that Lord of hosts? Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the encouragement of this psalm. We are humbled to see at times how you had worked quite truly, quite literally through the elements. Father, bringing up water in judgment, stopping water in order to provide salvation, these many pictures that we see in this psalm, but ultimately it teaches us and reminds us that whatever hardship or flood is going on around us, you're the refuge, you're the mighty fortress, you are with us. God, help us to walk with you this day for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.